Let me tell you about uh, group uh, Grip Six. Grip Six is uh, all about comfort, breathability, durability, never having to worry about your socks ever again. And I don't mean ordinary socks. That is as bad as ties and flashlights when it comes to Father's Day. Get your dad Grip Six socks. They're comfortable. They're made uh, right here in America, and they're made of wool. Do you wear Grip Six socks? By oh yeah, for sure. So. Uh, would you have ever guessed they were wool? No, because they're they're thin, but they keep your your feet really warm if it's cold. But and they don't make them sweat, sweat. when it's hot. It's yeah. great. they're just I great. I mean, I I wore them this weekend. It was really really hot running around. They're great. Best socks you'll ever give your dad. Get grip6.com slash Beck. Grip, the number six, dot com slash Beck. Go there now and save 25% site-wide. stands up disney learns their lesson i'll tell you that <laughs> yeah they heard you america and that's why they're quietly releasing their drag queen special uh that you can watch and it no come on haters come on give it a chance let your kids watch it you know you can trust disney uh-huh that and so much more coming up in 60 seconds. Did I tell you it's Tuesday? LifeLock, LifeLock, something new to worry about. I love this. Celebration for grads, dads, perfect. Perfect setup for e-card scammers. You click on one of those fake e-card, you know, send via email, and it can install malware and steal your information and add pop-up ads. I love, I love this. I mean, why don't people just work on something, you know, that's honest and full of integrity and can't, can't we all just get along? Ah, I know the answer to that one. Uh, you uh, open an e-card and if it doesn't, if it's coming from somebody, even if it's coming from somebody that you know, uh, you better have LifeLock. It's important to understand cybercrime will affect our identity every single day in multiple ways. And that's why LifeLock is around. No one can catch everything or stop it or monitor everything, but they are the best in the business. They will protect what's yours. It's LifeLock by Norton. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year with the promo code BECK called 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or head to lifelock.com. Use the promo code BECK. Save 25% now. So remember, Stu, when I talked to you about four weeks ago about P-ADS and yeah. neither of us had ever heard of it? 
and was it P ads? It was it was uh, presidential emergency mm-hmm. action directives. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. and we had not even heard of it at the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. the New York Times reports today. Until now, public knowledge of what the government put into classified presidential directives, which invoke emergency and wartime powers granted by Congress and otherwise claimed by presidents, have been limited to declassified descriptions of those developed in the early Cold War. In that era, they included steps like imposing martial law, rounding up people deemed dangerous and censoring news from abroad. What could possibly go wrong? (laughs) Now, this was uh, first started by Eisenhower in the atomic age when we were afraid of nuclear weapons. If we would go to a nuclear war, there wouldn't be enough time for them to sit around, you know, the cabinet go, okay, so what do we do? They pushed a button and everything had to go. So they would make these directives beforehand and they would say this is for an emergency in case of a nuclear war and the president would sign it and then it would be held. So you couldn't Congress doesn't have a right to look at these things because they're not actually enforced. It's kind of like our advice until the emergency happens and then it becomes the law of the land. How does it become the law of the land? What process gives the president the right to emergency orders? If there's an emergency, the president has all kinds of powers. Now, I can't think of an emergency that might be on the horizon. You know, sure, there's the economic emergency that could happen. You know, there's the the energy shortage that might happen. There's a lawlessness emergency on the streets that could happen. Uh, but other than that, can you think of anything? <laughs> no, no. Uh, there's the monkeypox emergency. Mm-hmm. I left that one. Left that one out. Um, there's the cheating at an election one that, you know, would be really. There's the war emergency action that could be declared. But uh, other than that, again, nothing to see here. So. It's not been clear what the modern directives have been Um, known presidential emergency action documents. Those are called PADs. They've never been made public or shown to Congress. But the New York Times has been looking into George W. Bush. Now, why would you stop there? I think we all know why. Am I right? Several of the files provided to the New York Times by the Brennan Center for Justice shows that the Bush era effort partly partly focused on a law that permits the president to take over or shut down communications networks in wartime. Remember that one? And. People like your local radio hosts and your hosts on talk radio said, hey, for the first time in my career, uh, the emergency broadcast system is being taken out of our hands. What the emergency broadcast system used to be is the White House would alert the radio stations. And I think it was 
I think it was WMAL in Washington, would get the first alert. And then WMAL would hear the tones and they would say, this is a test or this is an emergency. If it was an emergency, they'd pass it on to another station and that station would pass it on. Now, it would take like an hour to get all the way across the country to the West. So the West had already been wiped out. Okay, (laughs) but it's Seattle. (laughs) Who cares? Uh, Anyway, so so uh, that was their opinion at the time. It was like, I remember because I worked in Seattle. I remember doing those tests going, if it's real. We're all dead anyway. So, (laughs) hey, everybody in Seattle, you've got about 90 seconds to prepare. Um, But uh, so so that's the way the test used to work. Then back in the George Bush era, they changed it. He now can push a button in the Oval Office or wherever, and it immediately overrides all signals. So he's on television and every radio station. There is no other information that is coming out except from the information from the White House. Didn't this happen in Austin Powers? Wasn't that his plan where he could just press a button and would overtake all broadcast? Probably. Okay. Probably. I just want to make sure. I didn't see it, but yeah, we're probably taking <laughs> directives from Austin Powers. <laughs> and that's probably the thing that Dr. will make Evil, the actually. most sense mm-hmm. all day to you. Uh, so, uh, apparently, uh, lawmakers cannot interfere with these. Another file from the summer of 2008 mentioned that the Justice Department lawyers were revising an unidentified draft order in light of recent Supreme Court opinions. The memo doesn't specify the ruling, but the court had just issued the landmark decision on topics that relate to government actions in an emergency one about gun rights in the United States, and another about the rights of Guantanamo detainees in court hearings. Well, that could be any, any one of those or all of those. Now, here's the thing. We got these uh, through uh, FOIA, but we didn't FOIA the government. We FOIA'd the uh, George W. Bush Library. Now, no one knows why they didn't FOIA the Obama administration's records other than he doesn't have a library and nobody's building one yet because craft? I mean, uh, they're looking for the right place. So we don't know uh, what happened uh, with the, the PADs. They are still enforceable if the president would say hey you know nuclear launch what do you have and it's the eisenhower one he could still have that we don't know what's in effect and what's not in effect Um, many of them are classified in fact all of them are classified except for this group that has just been released apparently they had i'm looking for it here um i think 9,000 pages were uh, not released because they're still classified. And I think they released 2,000 pages. So there's another nine. But I'm sure I'm sure there's almost nothing on those other nine that remain. Probably everything's fine. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's the best way to always assume. We've learned that lately. Just that, assume everything's going to be fine. That frightening? Yeah. It's truly frightening. Um, by the way, uh, there's a couple of things here. Um, only half of evangelical pastors hold a biblical worldview. Now, this might be a little shocking for people who go to church. A study released Tuesday builds on another report from American Worldview Inventory 2022, which shows that 37% of Christian pastors bring a biblical worldview with them to the pulpits. Now, a biblical worldview is, um, do you, does every person have a purpose and a calling? Do you have a purpose for being here? And can God call you to something? I'm asking you, Stu. Why are you asking me without the echo on your voice? Because I don't <laughs> want you to feel damned immediately. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so do you believe that purpose and calling? Sure. Family and value of life. Those come from God. <laughs> yes. Do you believe in God? This is a tough one. I know the previous two, but yes. Do you believe in creation? And this is weird. Creation and history. I don't believe in history. I just believe in me. <laughs> okay, right. Uh -huh. I believe in creation. Mm -hmm. Do you? Yeah. I mean, I intelligent design. I don't know how he creates. But. Yeah, I don't. I don't find that question to be as riveting as some do. Yeah, like, I, don't I don't really even... care how he did it, honestly. Yeah. But it's like, like it's it's on him. It's, oh, I got we got you there. Like, so you're saying dinosaurs aren't real? Yeah. It's like, Wait, I don't, what? I don't really. I, I don't, don't know all the details to it. it. Wasn't there? I will say I also don't know how an iPhone works exactly. But I'm glad the texts go through. <laughs> But I don't believe in Steve Jobs. No, there he you never go. existed. <laughs> um, that just all of a sudden appeared on a beach somewhere. Right. Um, uh, let's see. You believe in sin, mm -hmm. salvation and relationship mm -hmm. with God. Um, do you believe in behavior and relationships, the Bible and its truth and morals? <laughs> I think, yeah. Okay, I, I think those are all pretty easy. Mm -hmm. uh, only 37% of pastors <laughs> believe in that. Oh. I mean, you might want to put that on the front sign. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, hey, come in, try our donuts. And we don't really believe what you think we believe. Well, you this happened to you, right? When you were doing oh, your yeah. church tour. Oh, yeah. Back in the day. Oh, back in the day. We went to every every church, every religion. Because my wife wouldn't marry me without a common religion. And I'm like, oh, I love God and everything, but religion, I... This is a long time ago. You, this was not you at the time, though. <laughs> you were what? not... This this church tour happened in what? I don't remember what year it 99. was. 99. Wow. It was a long yeah. time ago. So long time ago. You're finding your way, and yeah, mainly because your wife and... wouldn't marry you if you didn't. Right. I mean... <laughs> You're forced into it. Basically. Right. I was forced into it. She, and she wouldn't... She didn't believe in premarital sex either. And I'm like, okay, chickaboo, what's it going to take? And she's like, God. And I'm like, here I am. I'm practically a God. Look at me. Uh, no. And a Greek God. Uh, a Greek God. She vomited. Uh, and then I went to church. And so we tried everything. I mean, we, uh, you know, I really liked uh, the Jewish uh, synagogue that we went to, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, except you couldn't eat a lot of good things that I liked, and I don't speak a word of Hebrew, but mm -hmm. it was in and out on Saturday. 
and it was pretty good. Mm, mm-hmm. I've since Probably. then learned there's more <laughs> right, uh, yeah. than that. But <laughs> I went to this. I went to this church, and it was a uh, what do they call those churches? Congregational, right? The the white churches on the greens in is it? I don't, uh, yeah, I don't remember. I think it's congregational mm-hmm. churches, um, and they're non denominational. And uh, so I'm sitting there in the pew, and Tanya and I were listening. We're like, mm, it's okay, you know, it's church. And uh, during the sermon, the uh, pastor said, now, you all know that I don't believe in God, but if there is a God, we should serve him. And I'm like, hey, that doesn't make any sense at all. Okay. Uh, wow. Uh, and that should be on the front door someplace. That should be before you go and sit down, you should just know our pastor doesn't believe in God. But if there is a God, eh, maybe we should serve him. Uh, you know, good safety tip there. So back in just a minute, I, I'm going to give you a reason of why I'm telling you this latest survey. It's crazy. Um, Finnegan is a 12-year-old husky lab. Uh, and Daniel, not his owner. That would be wrong. His f- adult friend. Uh, he said uh, Finnegan used to sleep all, you know, all the time. Uh, we had to spike his food every day with cheese and ham, etc. And even then, he wouldn't eat most of his food, sometimes for days. I was skeptical about ordering rough greens, but I gave it a try. In a month or so, Finnegan was incredibly active, and he runs and plays with other dogs. He even chases rabbits and squirrels again. I wish I would have discovered this for him long ago. Well, get it when you can, you know, doing the best you can to raise a healthy dog. Rough greens can help you. It's it's not a dog food. It's uh, vitamins and minerals and all the other things that your dog needs to live a healthy life. And they love it. And you put it on there. Now, not all dogs love it, I'm sure. Uh, so they want to give you a free bag to make sure that your dog loves it as much as my dog Uno and uh, Daniel's dog Finnegan. If they'll eat it, man, you just watch over the months. They change. It is really great to see. It's Rough Greens. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Get your free bag now. 833-G-L-E-N-N-33 or roughgreens.com slash Beck. 10 seconds. Station ID. So, so only 37% of Christian pastors believe, have a biblical worldview. I mean, if you're not talking about sin and, and you know, how to be a better Christ-like person and how do you, 37, what are they teaching? And those are the questions, the specific questions yeah. asked. Because, I mean, you yeah. could certainly, there are differences among denominations and various questions, but these are pretty basic These are eight points. categories, eight categories, purpose and calling, Family and value of life, God, creation and history, faith practices, sin, salvation and relationship with God, human character and nature, lifestyle, behavior and relationships. Oh, and the Bible, truth and morals. Yeah, I mean, I know that there are obviously disagreements on some of the intricate matters of faith between denominations and pastors and blah, blah, blah. But But 37 percent? Right. The only thing I would ask is who's defining biblical worldview there. And I assume the Bible, the Bible. (laughs) Yes, I would assume if you're talking broad categories like that, that's a stunning number. Stunning. Uh, Stunning. To the point of how is it possible? 
So 57% of pastors leading non-denominational and independent churches held a biblical worldview, a nationwide study in February, conducted in February. Um, Non-denominational and independent churches were more likely to subscribe to a biblical worldview than evangelical churches. Hmm. Perhaps most surprisingly, 48% 48 of pastors of Baptist churches Widely viewed as the most enthusiastic about embracing the Bible, held a biblical worldview, 48%. Pastors of Southern Baptist churches, by contrast, were far more likely, 78%, to have biblical beliefs. The traditional black Protestant churches and Catholic priests... I'm sorry, just... <laughs> Wow, I just had to read this again. Mm-hmm. Uh, traditional black Protestant churches and Catholic priests were found least likely to hold a biblical uh, view with the incidence of biblical worldview measured in the single digits. Black churches, 9% of pastors and Catholic priests, <laughs> 6%. I feel like if you asked atheists if they had a biblical worldview, you'd come up with higher than I 9%. Think I, could, I think I could give that to Penn Gillette, Yeah, and he'd be like, you know. At 14%. Yeah. At 14%. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. In churches with an average of 100 or fewer attending weekly services, 41% of the pastors had uh, you know had a biblical worldview. Larger fellowships with 100 to 250 adults fared better with 45%. However, 14% of pastors leading mid-sized churches of between 250 and 600 people, 14%, and 15% of pastors with congregations of more than 600 adults. That's crazy. Yeah, it's it's hard to understand how that's possible. So why would you be involved in this business, right? Like, I mean, I, I hate to call it a business, but it's right. like, it's your life's work. It's your career, yeah. right? So it's like, you think you know what care it is? about it a little. It is my uncle who was the head of safety at Boeing for years, okay? okay? And, and he'd never fly. He'd never get on an airplane. <laughs> and you'd be like, uh, Uncle Dave, I don't, what is that? And he's like, no, if you fly, you have to fly a Boeing. But there's no reason, logically, that that thing should be able to take <laughs> off and fly. And I don't know if you're the best for safety. You know? I think uh, my Uncle Dave should have been a priest, maybe. The Glenn Back Program. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. American financing, if you had a way to boost your savings and transform your financial life at the same time, would you do it? Of course, you can do it by paying down high interest debt. If you're a homeowner, it can be done a lot easier by using the equity that you've earned, the equity that you have, the equity that you may have gained just because the price of your house has gone up. And it can take as little as 10 minutes to get you started when you call American Financing. You'll work with salary-based mortgage consultants who will help you create a custom loan around your needs. You could be saving up to $1,000 a month. Think about how that could change everything. No pressure, no obligation, uh, no charging of upfront fees or hidden fees. It's just a simple phone call. Call them now, American Financing. The number is 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or go now to AmericanFinancing.net.
you got to subscribe to Blaze TV, blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Before we get off uh, religion, I just thought I would point out that uh, Pope Francis on Sunday announced the promotion of the San Diego Bishop Robert McElroy to Cardinal. Um, And that's, you know, that's I'm sure this was just a clerical error, Uh, but uh, he passed over the higher ranked San Francisco Archbishop. And I I think this is how you pronounce it. Salvatore Cordelone or Cordeloni. Isn't that what, you know, I got a horse in my bed? It's close. Bed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, he's the guy who said, Nancy Pelosi, you know, you can't take communion anywhere. And she, <laughs> I love this. Uh, he doesn't know what the, he's, are you, he's, are, he's the archbishop. What do you, you're a politician. Yeah. Catholics are against, well, I thought Catholics were against abortion and I know a lot of Catholics. In fact, we owe, as a, as a body of Christ, if you will, we owe a great deal of thank yous to the Catholics who are the ones that show up all the time at abortion clinics. All the time. Uh, you know, and once in a while, we'll pop in and go, hey, yeah, it looks like you got things under control. I'm going to go back to my Saturday. Um, but uh, he decided to, uh, to skip over that po- uh, pope and then uh, the uh, San Diego bishop that he did appoint, he's a Jesuit, uh, so that's always good. Uh, and he said, the Eucharist is being weaponized and deployed as a tool in political warfare. Yeah, yeah, that's what's happening. All these priests that are refusing to give you Eucharist because you want to kill babies. <laughs> I mean, if that's not the height of politics, right? And isn't the structure of of the Catholic faith? You know, I don't know it all that well. You were Catholic, right? When you grow yeah. up Catholic, yeah, yeah. Uh, the cat. I mean, there's a sort of a top down structure there, right? I mean, it's pretty. It's the way it's supposed to work. Like, yeah. The Pope kind of like says, "Hey, this is uh, this is kind of the thing." He's kind of he kind of makes the. He says, yeah. "Hey, this is important," and uh, you know, but there's I'm a lot of issues sure. with the Pope right no, now I- for for some conservative. Catholics, yeah. but the, the abortion thing they have not wavered on at all, right? Like this is still like don't do it. Is yeah, there... I mean Catholics generally haven't, you know. And as you said, I used to be a Catholic, and I there probably was a time when the Pope was Catholic as well, but <laughs> I'm not sure he's entirely Catholic himself. But again, I has not moved on abortion that I know of. Have have they? There was a story that I feel like they were talking about. Yeah, no, he is whispering. And there's a difference. I mean, he said, you know, we have to forgive people who have had abortions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. To forgive people. I mean, you don't need the the end of that. Yeah. Now, maybe after the five, you know, fifth or sixth abortion, you know, and they belly up to the bar and like, I'll have another. Fag abortions for the house. Then maybe. Maybe you know you're like uh, your forgiveness is in question. But the, but if you're if you're if you're like at eight or so, and you all you need to get is ten for the for the free one. I mean, is that is that okay? If, if you, you can give just... the last free one away, right. okay, you know, pass it on to another. <laughs> anyway, a majority of Democrats now believe that your kids should be able to pick their pronouns. 
Hmm. Uh, you know, I don't know if they know that picking their pronouns also goes with their uh, units. You know what I mean? Um, and I guess you can pick your pronouns, but we're not married to it. You know what I mean? <laughs> we're not married to it. It's like, you know, you kids, they come home. Cheyenne has come home. She's had purple hair. And I've been like, great. You're not married to this, right? Uh, so, you know, there's some things that they have a right to pick. Um, this one is interesting. A new directive from the Gender Pathways Service at the Children's Hospital in London, Ontario. So I immediately dismiss it because it's Canadians. Bacon, they're great. They're great at making bacon. But not as good as Americans. Right. Canadian bacon is not superior to American bacon. I'll give you that. I'll right? give you that. So, I mean, like, they make yeah. bacon. But it's it... better than other English-speaking countries like I, you know, for instance, England. I don't trust anything in their food. Yeah. You know, and Canadian is like... the only one that really also got namesake to bacon. There's just yeah. bacon and, and there's Canadian, Canadian bacon. bacon. We're like, all right, right, that's a 1B or a 2A, okay. yeah, something I'll like We'll that. give that to you. Yeah. We'll give that to you. But you go over to England... Which, you know, remember, gave birth to Canada, and they still admit it, mm. okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, they're like, have you tried our blood pudding? And you're like, no, I, I haven't. And, and I've lived in the South in America, mm-hmm. and we don't eat blood for pudding. I'm just saying, you got issues. Anyway, <laughs> um, so a new directive from the Gender Pathway Service at the Children's Hospital in London, Ontario, instructs doctors that due to high demand, puberty blockers may be prescribed to children prior to seeing a doctor. Hmm. That's how we do science now, due to public demand? Due to public demand. Mm-hmm. And you would think... That science has been settled for a very long time that true uh, gender dysphoria uh, and transgender people is about 0.7% of the population. And when you see it just shoot up to 30%, you might want to start asking questions as a scientist. Is it maybe because this is... Is this the new purple hair for this generation? Bill Maher pointed that out exactly. just uh, last week. But I'm glad to see that the Children's Hospital in Ontario says, nah, don't, you don't need to see a doctor for that. You know, look, that person over there, they can validate your parking and give you a prescription for gender blockers. So, look, it's one thing when it permeates the culture and uh, there's a problem there. We've talked about that extensively. But when it's permeating medicine, when you're talking about hospitals making decisions based on this craziness, that is going to put people's lives at risk. And in fact, it has we know for a fact it's killed people. I mean, there you know, we've talked about the story of the uh, the pregnant woman who came in, uh, said they were a man. Their paperwork said they were a man. So when they had extreme stomach discomfort, no one thought to check to see if they were pregnant. Right. Because, you know, it's a man. Bad gas pain. Uh, Whoa, <laughs> there's a head with that gas. Right. And so, and you know, I mean, in this particular case, the, the baby died because they didn't Jeez. react fast enough. Like, uh, you know, again, this might not, if you happen to be on the left or Nancy Pelosi, it might not hurt your feelings all that much to hear that story. But in right. reality, I think it's pretty pretty devastating and tragic. And that, that Well... 
I mean, maybe that kid would be unwanted and would grow up and be a school shooter and be the recipient of an evil gun that he wouldn't shoot, but mm. be in his hands with that evil gun. So that sounds terrible. That can happen. Uh, one more thing, some good news. Hey, just keep watching Disney. They love your children. Some might say too much, <laughs> but uh, they love your children. Uh, here's a new Pride special. Uh, to encourage children to support gay and transgender, uh, and it's um, it's a uh, it's it's hosted by a drag queen. Uh, here it is. Hello, and welcome to the Disney Plus This Is Me Pride Celebration Spectacular. I'm Nina West, and I'm here to guide you through a magical, musical, and meaningful celebration of the LGBTQ plus community. Glisten's mission is to create safe and inclusive schools for LGBTQ plus students in grades K through 12. Is it? And Disney plus Mommy, is so proud to support this Why does that lady look so much like a man? For more information, visit www.glisten.org forward slash pride. Now, I'd like to shine a spotlight on a fellow queen who knows a thing or two about creating an epic Disney Plus inspired look that set the internet ablaze this last year. Esteemed guests and friends, I give you my friend, Jackie Cox. Oh, you didn't think you were the only magical girl in town, did you? The name's Agatha Harkness. Can we stop? Do we need to hear more? Oh, no, I didn't. If it was, you didn't ask our oh, opinion. I didn't want it. to hear it at the beginning. You, <laughs> <laughs> you just sort of sprung that one on us. And uh, <laughs> sorry, you're, uh, you're right, yeah, Stu. I apologize for that. Okay, so here we are on the week of Memorial Day, where people fought and died so Disney could bring drag queens out and uh, teach our children without our permission and most times our knowledge. What a great cut. If I may quote the great Yakov Shmirnov, what a country. Anyway, um, Goldline has decided due to the overwhelming popularity of their pre-Memorial Day special last week that they're going to extend the promotion in case you weren't able to uh, call or you forgot because you're going, you know, for a three-day weekend. Here's the thing. Just last week, Bill Ackman said that the market collapse is basically the only way to stop inflation. I had a, I had dinner with some uh, very um, uh, wealthy people. And whenever I'm around really wealthy people, I'm like, hey, can you throw a few bones my way? What do you think's coming? And, uh, and, uh, and they told me. Uh, and uh, they started it with, well, you know what's coming. Yeah, I know, but I keep hoping that I'm wrong. Anyway, uh to stop inflation at this point tomorrow, I'm going to give you some inflation numbers that will boggle your mind, boggle your mind. We haven't hit it yet. Uh, when we get to the end of the summer, we'll just be entering into staggering inflation. What is the answer to inflation? What do you do? What is the hedge against it? It has always been precious metals, gold, silver, platinum. Goldline now is offering a free half-ounce platinum War of 1812 commemorative coin with qualifying gold purchases. They're also throwing in uh, free silver as a thank you just for listening to this program. This is for you at 866-GOLDLINE. Please. 
put your financial house in order and spread your risk around. The hedge for inflation has always been gold. Did you see what was it? The former Czechoslovakia, uh, the former um, Soviet satellite countries. There's like three of them. They announced that they are going all in on gold uh, this weekend. One of them is, I think it's Czechoslovakia, is doing $100 million worth of gold and putting it into their vaults. Everybody is starting to say, I'm not sure if the dollar is really a stable thing. Goldline, call them right now. 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Stay informed. Sign up for the free newsletter today at glennbeck.com. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. I can't leave without playing a couple of things. First of all, uh, let's play cut to here. Joe Biden on there's no rationale for. 22 caliber bullets will lodge in a lung and we can probably get it out. Maybe able to get it and save the life. A nine millimeter bullet blows the lung out of the body. So the idea of these what? high caliber weapons. Okay, okay, stop. What is he talking about? <laughs> I don't know. First of all, uh, uh, 22 caliber can go into your lungs and maybe we can go get it. Okay, first of all, have you ever watched a movie where they go, thank God it went clean through? Yeah, oh yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Went clean through, which means you don't have to open up a lung to go find it. All right? Uh, it's not good to have a bullet lodge inside of you. Just want to let you Even know Even your lung. It's Even a, your lung. It's like, got a lot of space down there. Yeah. But you'll always smell like, I smell brass or mm, something. What is Okay, yeah, you don't want that. Yeah, you don't want that. Anyway, um, so then he says a high capacity nine millimeter. Nine millimeter, three eighty. It's the second smallest bullet you can fire. A twenty-two literally is a rabbit or squirrel gun. A nine millimeter is something that everyone who's ever talked to me about guns, who knows about guns, you buying this for self-defense? Yeah, you you want a forty-five. This 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 doesn't have the stopping power. So, a it will exit your body, but that's a good thing. Two, um, it's not a high high capacity or a, a, a high, what did he call it? High uh, explosive caliber. caliber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, these large caliber guns. It's not. It's small. It's small. And it's a great gun. It's the most popular handgun in America is a nine millimeter. The guy has no idea what he's talking about. But if you made it all the way to... A nine millimeter will blow your lung out of your body. <laughs> what? I want to see told that. Him this? I want to see that. I mean, look, uh, he could just be making it up. And that's, I think, the most obvious exa- uh, explanation for anything Joe Biden says. But did he actually have a conversation with someone? They're like, yeah, I mean, nine millimeter will blow your lung out. I'm just <laughs> throw it across the room. It's, Atlanta, it's uh, crazy. Land's a mile away. It's crazy. Okay. Um, Biden to the naval grads. Here's a uh, cut three. By the way, once you're commissioned, remember, I'm your commander in chief. 
So don't ask me too tough a question, okay? Okay, that's just weird. I think people were just laughing at the idea of him being commander in chief. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> <He's> not, <laughs> imagine if he was. <laughs> yeah, he's not serious. Wait, what? Dear God, he's what? <laughs> it is terrifying. When uh, you think it about is it. terrifying, and I think that's why and didn't he we said ban it chief? that way. Huh? I thought we banned Chief. We banned Chief. We banned you know, Chief. That's, that's a, offensive to Native Americans. Yeah, in San Francisco we banned. He's just the commander in charge. <laughs> um, okay. Um, one more. Since we've been talking about guns, uh, here's Chicago. And these are not a problem. We shouldn't even talk about this. This is, uh, I want you to watch your screens if you're watching The Blaze. I'll describe it. It's in Chicago. See a man running to his car. In the streets, broad daylight. Oh, there they are, shooting at each other. Okay. I mean... And then they drive away. But no big deal. No big deal. It's a normal day in Chicago. It's a normal... Absolutely a normal day in Chicago. But the good news is, and I want to leave you with this, Biden's your commander-in-chief. The Glenn Beck Program.